0: Hi, folks. This is the conversation myself and Rory had earlier in the week with Killian Woods from the Business Post. Um, To hear hear the full version of it, go to patreon.com forward slash tortoiseshack. But I thought it was really well worthwhile putting out the discussion we had around the uh, the REITs, the IREFs and the ICAVs and how they are managing to bank such large profits while paying so little tax really fascinating insight really well uh real great reporting by Killian as usual as I said if you want to hear the full podcast it's available now on patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack and thanks for the support and enjoy this conversation
1: Welcome to Reboot Republic, the podcast that goes behind the headlines and looks at the big issues in this republic of inequality. We are the podcast solutions of the podcast of hope, and I'm your host, Rory Hearn. Delighted today to be joined back in the pod by one of our favorite guests, Killian Woods, senior reporter with the uh, Sunday Business Post, and also by producer of Reboot Republic, Tony Grove's. And to discuss today issues in relation to our favorite friends, the Real Estate Investment trusts, otherwise known as Vulture Funds, otherwise known as Vampire Funds and any other name that might scare them away. Um, And also to have a bit of a chat about landlords and what's going on there. Tony, how are you?
0: I'm not too bad, Rory. You had a, you had a few days off and it was well earned. Um, but it's nice to see you back. And but in while you while you happened to drop off, we put out that podcast on sustainable farming with and I have to talk, uh, Patrick Bresh was very good, got a little bit of attention from the environmentalists, and uh I, I hope it I hope maybe some of the some of the digs maybe landed, Rory. <laughs> you're an
1: awful devil, Tony. Uh no, I, I thought it was a great pod in terms of uh what Paddy had to say, it was really interesting, really engaging. And I thought that, um, you know, it's no harm, you know, we need to challenge ourselves at times. And I think we need to, um, you know, be able to have this discussion and have this debate. And, you know, we'll come back to the course, you know, listeners are well aware that climate change has been one of the big things that we've talked about and covered on this pod. Um, but I think it is an important point to to say that, you know, when we we're talking to to Paddy on this, like he was making the point that in terms of our environmentalists reflecting on and developing alternatives around agriculture, I think it was a legitimate critique. And while some people pointed to, you know, yes, there are alternatives. Well, yes, there are some, and some policy been made, but it's not widespread within the environmental movement. In terms of, and I think, and, and it wasn't just at the environmentalists he was having, you know, making the point. He was making the point about the wider left as well, and politics and. Why are people interested?
0: I, I I thought it was what was. Don't labour the point. I just thought it was really interesting that people who were uh, pricked by it understand that they've put all this time and effort in, and they see that that they're trying to they're trying to break through, and clearly they haven't broken through in enough enough ways, and and that's the truth. We all have to understand that we have these messages. We talk about solutions all the time. Lack of implementation is a huge issue and getting and breaking them through. So, I do think, yeah, look, we will come back to it. We'll cover it in more detail. Um, I just uh, again, no harm in having that little bit of uh, little bit of pushback either, Rory. I think it's to be welcomed and, and yeah, actually, and, absolutely, embraced. we do,
1: we do welcome all the comments. And you know, it is great to see the discussion and engagement around the podcast. And
0: I, I wish, I wish they put their hands in their pockets and join us on Patreon, but that's just me <laughs>
1: anyway. Listen, Killian Woods, Killian, um, it's great to have you back in the pod.
2: Great to be back, Rory. I'm How talking. are you keeping? I'm keeping well. I'm keeping well. Keeping really well.
1: Good, good, good. That's great. Suitably <laughs> I very didn't it? <laughs> I'm grand. The leg is hanging off, but I'm grand. No, I know, yeah. It. Yeah, I know you so The, leg, the
2: it. legs are on, the arms are on, and I'm feeling grand.
1: Good, good, good. Listen, we're going to talk, which we have on many occasions, um, in relation to the investor funds and what they're at in Ireland, what they're doing. You wrote um, on... Uh, the weekend there and highlighting around the whole issue of tax and the tax payment by real estate investment trusts. And, and listeners might be familiar that Ireland, of course, developed a Michael Noonan from Fine Gael as, as Minister for Finance, developed a particular financial structure to favour the real estate investment trust back in 2012 and 2013 called the Real Estate Investment uh, Trust Tax Break, which was essentially about making it... Um, essentially highly profitable and lucrative for large scale global wealth funds and irish funds to invest in property in ireland that is buying land um investing in building and of course we've seen since then over the last 6 to 8 years essentially real estate investment trusts in dublin um essentially taking over housing provision uh taking buying massive amount of land and now they're you know Building thousands of build-to-rent units, they're making hundreds of millions in profit each year off the back of tenants. Irish landlords, who are small time landlords, pay between, depending on their own income, uh, twenty percent, forty percent tax. Um what do real estate investment trusts, these large corporate landlords, who now own in the region of between fifteen thousand to upwards of potentially thirty thousand uh units? How much tax are they paying?
2: Well you see that's the thing we when we start with separating maybe into what there's that we there's a broad stroke word that we both of us use when talking about like this in public is um, funds or investment funds and yeah. what, what we know and the listeners might know themselves as well is that there's different categories so the one I was writing the weekend writing about the weekend the category of investment funds are IRFs or Irish real estate funds and, they are, and they're another you know set up created by um, by noon and by, by one of the finance finance Act, acts in 2016 was noon, noon was still yeah noon, yep. michael noon was still minister finance then and then because so we have got the IRS then we have got the REITs, obviously, in another setup that was created by Michael Noonan. After he met a bunch of um, lobbyists in Davos and came back with this great idea for REITs, and then kind of in a way, some some of it is, is separate again as the ICAVs in, in a way, but that's another, another vehicle. You. Management vehicles, yeah, like the, the those. are um, Yeah, I actually didn't. But once the Irish collective, yeah, Irish collective asset, collective asset vehicles, management yeah. vehicles, yeah, and they they they're another. They're, I think there's another category as well. The Irish. Particularly, what we're going to try and actually answer your question, Rory, in a random way. They, so, we we were. Look, I was looking at the tax totals that they that they've been paying last few years, and every June, Revenue publishes a corporation tax returns um, document, which is not exactly the best place to be publishing the taxes by these IRFs that we're talking about here, because they're not paying any corporation tax. But it's they're included in there to try and at least be transparent about what they are paying. Yeah. In some way, and we've seen that they pay a with they pay a withholding tax, which is when essentially dividends or profits are spread out or any sort of payments not, um, are are paid out from the IRS into their actual shareholders or, or units abroad. That this or units sorry, not necessarily even units abroad because there are exemptions into their units. They pay a withholding tax that's of 25 percent 20, on exactly what the of what's paid out, and that's where we see their tax been captured. And how it's registered by revenue to, to get the answer is they have taxable events last in so taxable events in 2021 for 2020, the year 2020, they pay they had a taxable event spread 600 and well, was exactly 600 and support the exact figure, 621 million. Yeah. And they pay, and they paid a withholding tax amount or was tracked of 36.8. Now that's interesting. That's about a 5.9% effective um, effective tax rate. You know, some people would have issue with measuring it like that, but that's kind of, you know, that's how you've measured this. Is the essentially, and this is from Pascal Donahue himself, he would describe the taxable amount essentially as that's their profit. That's essentially what we would call normally a profit of a company that you tax. And that's the end the withholding tax is essentially the tax they pay. Um, that's, that's 5.9%. There's lots of exemptions for why that wouldn't come up to the actual rate it should be. It should be, it sometimes should be around 20%. with a lot of exemptions given out. What's most interesting about the amount paid there last year is how little they paid compared to, as a relative amount of the taxable amount compared to 2020 for the 2019 year, when that, and that was heralded as a huge success for the Irish government, especially the Department of Finance. They said, in, "Pastor Donahue before the 2020 budget was going mad. Actually, for the first time ever, really, really calling out investment funds for what he called the excessive tax evasion. You know, he, he was very, he was very, very. They said we were going to go after them. We were going to make sure there was all closing all these loopholes and IRFs that allowed them to. I think it was the word term with death load, um, and and move money around essentially very cleverly to avoid these taxes. And they brought in a bunch of measures to stamp this out." When they did that, the tax haul went up 171%. They heralded this as a great success. That was the year, that was the tax take for 2020 for 2019. And that was the you know, up at 17% effective tax rate, where they paid $365 on 360, was it 360, I've lost the number here now, at uh, $369 million. Yeah, so that was a huge, a huge tax take in comparison to other years. To, now it's fallen back down to 5.9%. The, the, quest,
1: the question is why, and just to bring it back to start, we start, you were talking about the different types of funds and investment funds who, who own property, um, built to rent, but also offices and other real estate mm-hmm. here. Um, do we know in terms of the IREFs how many or what sort of, who would be under that classification in comparison to who might be a REIT? Yeah. A so, real estate investment yeah. trust.
2: Is the real real estate investment trust um, really in the residential market? There's only one that it's, it's Irish Reach, which we mm. known as the, the, the biggest landlord in Ireland. There's other of some some commercial operators as well in that area. Then there, but in the IRS, it's uh, separately. Is we look, like Wilson is 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 one of the entities. They own Capital Dock and they own the Shelburne Hotel. Um, they own, um, the, the Grange, Grange Castle development out near Slorgan, another residential block. They own Clancy Key, And yeah. so they've, they have a lot of residential assets and plan to really I, I significantly double. Now, and then Davy, for Davy, Davy Fund, have, you uh, use, um, specifically, they're another entity that would use IRFs.
0: Davy have a large fund. I'm pretty sure, and I could be corrected and they can take it out if we have to. I think Matheson also uh, operate in, 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 the IRFs as well in, in the Irish market, but look. maybe, yeah.
2: On behalf of some clients, possibly, yeah, but, and then I think that's what Davey are doing as well. In that they are represent, they're doing on behalf of clients. Again, it's mm-hmm. it's a clever way of hiding. I don't, I'm not trying to use that word as any no, no. But I mean, there's no like
0: this. No, we're not we're not making that implication. We're simply pointing out that that's how it, how these these mm-hmm. companies operate. And you know, you'll you'll find out. I've I've traced one myself personally to an address in in uh, in Matheson and a, for, a forwarding address to Arthur Cox. I don't know where the actual company lies yeah. after that. You know? But
1: but to be very clear that Kennedy Wilson now I, I think is either the second or third, I think the second largest private landlord in the country yeah. now. Second or third. And and only... I just
2: after they expanded Clancy Key, that's correct. Yeah, that would be yeah. correct.
1: So we're talking about one of Ireland's largest private landlords, and then you're talking about these funds, the likes held by Davy, which have various global investors, Irish investors. Who are essentially funneling their money into residential property? So not just not actually offices in this case; it's actually purely residential. That is the purchase of land. It would be the built to rent apartment blocks. That's what we're talking about.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, and, and it, as as you said at the start as well, some of these IRS would have huge, uh, and, and most of their interest is in commercial at the moment, in, in commercial um, development, but. You know, if you're to extract out over a few years, residential. Sorry, is gonna, it's not residential. It's it's real play. estate. It's Irish yeah, real estate. Yeah, funds, yeah, they're so the real, real estate funds, and, they have, and lot, they have a lot. They've a lot. They've a lot in retail as well, um, yeah. and they, the second biggest portion would be uh, with residential is what they would have, and residential. will it's on track to, to catch up with commercial, um, which yeah. would be office blocks.
1: And and the, and the important point here is this is all land, you know, which is the fundamental ingredient and requirement mm. for developing housing and again from residential so they are making you said they made in 2020 essentially a profit of close to just over 600 million
2: or- yes that, that's mine that, that's what it's been again i'm trying to I try, try to use the, the words of other people maybe would uh know, know more about this but you know maybe pascal don't use his own words there is that yes he would he is deemed this is the best way to describe the taxable event of 600 million as a profit that's essentially like what will become a, a more commonly known now, as a problem? Yeah, <laughs> yeah taxable events. Yeah, um, like sounds ta- like a party. Which is, you know, Well, it's it's kind of like it's that's it happened all over housing, hasn't it? Or even like you, these all this terminology been brought yeah. into like again. If we've talked about this before, we we're like um, I think on housing shock, we were doing those episodes. Like the, the the adoption of the word unit, and I've tried to completely whittle that out of my reporting. Yeah. To try and get use the word home or house or apartment, yeah. and not unit. Um, and again, like taxable events, like you know, just call it what it is. Like, this is the profit they make. I think they're. Can, can I can I make a, a
0: really cheeky either. point off topic yes. and just say it was, it was it was very interesting to see Sippo saying you know and when they were looking into what was happening with Minister Robert Troy saying that uh, housing was seen as wasn't seen as a good, um, and they didn't you know so they didn't have to worry about the declaration of of if it being over six and a half thousand euros that in in line with his de- declarations, and yet. We spent a decade, Rory, pushing back saying, Please stop calling them units. You know, <laughs> if, uh, explain
1: if- that, that, that aside, that it wasn't deemed as being a good as in a product. Or yes.
0: housing. House, uh, so for the, for the purposes of his declaration, uh, housing was not seen as a, a good or service, even though uh, we, this is the same government that has spent literally a decade telling us the financialization is a good thing and people yeah. live in units. I yeah. just thought yeah, it was I know what you mean. It was hugely, of- hugely contradictory. And, I, uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah, anyway, speaking at both sides of your mouths really is, yeah. is what is, is yeah. the accusation I'm making. Yeah. Anyway, course, sorry, Killian. <laughs>
1: the, the point, the point, Killian. Here is that if you are saying, you know, they have a taxable uh, event, love it. Um. So they they basically made off the rent that people are paying, be that shops, be that businesses, be that tenants, and then also sale of land, transfer of land, sale of property that they make this six hundred million ish, and they only paid thirty odd million tax on it, close to just around an effective tax rate of six percent. And would we be right in assuming that these are the ones who actually declare, and then if you looked at the ICAVs, which are other forms of taxable investment, tax minimization um, uh, vehicles or whatever people might think of them as funds, and then you also have the REITs then as well, are they likely to be paying a similar effective tax or lower or would you know
2: it, it it depends like that i think the icons is probably the most um you know black box in a way that's yeah. term. just like unknown um for me when i was trying to look into that last week as well trying to see what what sort of payments they do again part of that the problem of that is is it's hard to trace back to where that money actually goes to be taxed ultimately like there's a lot of social housing developments now that have been leased to the state, been chucked into i um i know um the the build the apartments in particular in Stony Batter that bar That's Capital some phrase, that's some
1: some sentence, Killian. There's a load of social housing that's <laughs> released by the state has been chucked into iCabs. <laughs> chucked into ICAVs, yeah. So they give like, it
2: more respect and say it's been placed carefully through a series of admin practices into no it, it's been chucked into like, yeah, like, ICA. It's, it's been it's, utterly like, I, financialized,
1: I, I get, commodified, turned into a tradable yeah. profit. Yeah, that's just much. it's unbelievable not only are they profiting from the lease then they profit from the minimization of tax as well and
0: and so that yeah so again it's the same thing we've been talking about uh, over and over and over like Killian, you you did the reporting i think it was maybe five or six weeks ago on them saying well look we're not going to hit this target let's do more it was an extra 450 million in leasing um Mm -hmm. you know and like we know that that money is the way it's going and we've seen it the outcry then saying landlords are leaving the market you know the 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 uh at that, at that value of, of that sort of leasing, at that value of these new incentives that we're hearing are going to be coming for landlords, those equalization of the tax breaks for landlords and maybe some sort of tax credit for renters, it would be bloody cheaper for us to just buy each house as the landlord leaves. I I put it to you rather than go through this rigmarole because we at least then we'd own it and it'd be part of our stock.
2: Yeah, it just looks like there's a deep... I'm going to maybe relating it to small landlords, you know... Um, I don't come at this from any really tilt, but uh, or slant. But there, these sort of rates are being offered to institutional investors, and in, in, in it's explained away in the fact that we don't want to create a double tax taxation situation that would scare them away. So if we invite foreign capital in and tax sales, It will here, and it'll be taxes tax as well when it goes back to its own country. That created like a, a tricky situation where we will eventually drive away uh, international tax, uh, international funds and international money. But it, it leads to. Uh, inequality in a way and where the, the smaller landlords who can't necessarily have the, the ability to group together to benefit from the same see the same structures can't benefit from the same tax tax measures it's the same when you know it's, it's it's another part of housing policy that's incentivizing or completely favoring international capital coming into the market in a way that again it's a bit of a tangent here but similar way the immigrant investor program again is attracting in people to give away visas to give away fast-track people into citizenship Essentially, through here, and a lot of people, essentially from China and Russia, Russia availed of that, and the Far East as well, and that's incentivizing people to come in to use their spending power as all existing multi-millionaires to distort prices in the property market to drive it up to use them as investments. You know, it's it's all this hell bent idea of bringing in international capital is what's skewing the housing market. And no one's saying that we don't need some international capital or a lot of international capital to develop a certain parts of the market. But when I the am. other ones are so inactive, ones are so inactive, I am. We when don't. The other need them. parts of the market are so inact in- in- inactive. How do you that? That's- there's n- there's no way other parts of the market can compete with them in, the- in, this, sort of, um, in this sort of in this sort of yeah. You worry yeah, we don't need them, but like it's. <laughs> well, we-
1: I've made that point over and over. That's we don't yeah. we don't need them. Like the argument that. You know, we could not build housing if we did not have global investors. I, I my my head just, you know, buries itself in the nearest table. When we were a country in utter poverty, we built enough housing for the people who lived in this country. It is not about the lack of funding. It is the lack of will. It is utterly the lack of will. And this idea that the state could not figure out ways through wealth funds, through various banks, through—and I don't mean wealth funds and in investment funds—I okay, I, mean—is in creating. We're all sorry. I
0: want to push but in. Of course,
1: I, build the housing for the people. Hang on, hang on. Let's no no no,
0: more, no, 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 no,
2: no, 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 no. No, point is that
1: they buy it. up all the bloody land. They've yeah. bought up all the land.
2: That's my point. It's unfair. Playing field. Yes. The but here's,
0: the, here's the thing. We just spent the whole weekend listening to the to say, you know what? We need another go at this. Give us another, give us another time. Like, did you, did you pay much attention to that? Rory, where he turned around and said, this is, I, I put, I put up the thread 2017. Uh, when he became Taoiseach at the time, he said, uh, we're proud of our record in housing. Um, 2018, ho- homelessness is level of no homelessness is normal. 2019, I'm proud of, that we care for fam- uh, families that are, that are struggling in this country. 2022, he says, we may, you know, we, we've breached a social contract. I find it staggering. I know you. I saw you comment on uh, Rory on on social media, but I find it staggering that we're supposed to just n- neglect that and they want four more years to to, to do. Oh, I this. know. I think
1: he's very genuine there, Tony. I think he's you know saying like you know he made a mistake. That uh, no, he
0: didn't. He, said, he, he uh, said what they're doing is working. The social it's just contract. Not working they, they've
1: destroyed the social contract. They take responsibility. They're putting their hands up. They say the policies they did was wrong, and they're going to try something different. That's not what he said. What he said was. There's a housing crisis. Oh, it's so crap now. I better start talking about it and give us another go. Of course, he didn't say give us another go to do something different. (laughs) It's give us a go to keep implementing the same policies. And by acknowledging it, which he also agreed, as he said, it was a housing emergency five years ago. Did nothing, change nothing, and um, that unless the policies radically change, uh, could, nothing. Could, would change. So what, what, bit, Rory, what yeah. you said
2: there was interesting. I think that, as you said, I, I hadn't came the same conclusion when I heard they give give me another go, and I thought it was quite a casual way of, of maybe saying not really saying much, and um, it was actually quite insulting, I think, to to give that sort of answer when it's really not an answer. given a go, I interpreted that to be you know, not given her go to change anything. The, the problem is, given give her go, I think, would involve um, more more of the same. And they are absolutely wedded to this idea that you know providing housing further up the chain will cause will will limit this limit displacement and attract the higher wealth individual into that into that area when I think and again I get absolutely destroyed for this, but I just don't see how once that sort of part of the market is has is, is sorted, the whole market will dry up because why would you go into an area of the market that can't pay? For your stock, and that's what will lead to a complete dry up. And any any pickup commencements we're seeing now, any, any pickup in activity we're seeing now, is pretty much the upper end of the market being sorted. And then it's going to fall off a cliff because people won't be able to afford it, and it's and the house builders will just grind to a halt. Sure, a that's, to, that, that's why that's why Glen Bay are so hard pushing for a plan to, to for the gardens because they say, see, we are literally running out of customers we need, and now years later, I, I finally, wouldn't
1: be so kind to Glenvey. I don't know if
2: it'll work, but I think that's genuinely they are, right. they are, see as they, they see that we can, we are running out of customers and they are running out of,
1: customers. oh, in terms of running out of customers, yes, because they push yeah. prices so high. And we know the origins of Glen, Glenvey come from investment funds and also Glenvey hmm. is a publicly, uh, com- publicly quoted company that returns profits to shareholders with its CEO on very significant, uh, salary. And, you know, they are about maximizing profits from, uh, development and and I think that but you're right in terms of they do see that house prices now have reached so high that in terms of new bills there are very few people who can actually afford and increasingly with the issue of mortgages um, interest rates rising with cost of living people are even more squeezed and even less likely to be able to afford new units which means you're right that's probably why Glenve is panicking but also institutional investors um, are also like they're going to have to say at some point, there's a limit here to how much you know we will continue to purchase. And I would say that's what Glenview are at as well because they sold to institutional investors. And um, but I do think that there is an issue with Glenview looking at, as all developers, private developers, and investors in here in the housing market, they're looking at they own a significant land bank. How do they maximize the profit from it? And this is one strategy amongst many that we will hear in the coming years of how, you know, we can provide a fix and really it's about maintaining house prices. But I wanted to make a wider point about the REITs and the IRFs and the ICAVs, which is that this is like when you really sit back and think about it, like it is a a theft of a generation in that you've got on the one hand, those who have significant wealth, right? The global wealthy, but also the Irish wealthy and who are, you know, generally uh, older, putting their money into these funds to then extract rent from the younger generations who are stuck because the REITs are buying up their units. And then not only that, but the the income the wealthy generation makes off that younger generation is not taxed. Like they're they're gaining multiple times over and the younger generations have been utterly, utterly screwed. And the inequality there
0: is so profound. That's a wealth transfer system, Rory. And that's what it's set up to do. Um, I m- would make a point and killing you probably be aware of this, even in the likes of Blackstone and the bigger players and this, these things, we've seen a softening now of rents in, in the US and, in, in say the Sun Belt cities. We've seen all of these things starting to, to, to hit. We've seen debt definite drops in the mortgage market most people will welcome this i have to be honest in a way as well because we could do with a softening of, of prices of house prices be it in the uk in ireland and and in, indeed in the us and asset prices but it's an anathema to much of the the logic of the last you know re, refloating the banks since a global financial crisis the issue is while that was happening since february march um Rents continue to rise in 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 most places, and we're still struggling with that as as uh, as as the global economy is you know dealing with the inflation crisis, which the central banks are all just using the one lever available to them, pulling it and saying, "Let's add to the interest rate hikes." uh, Which is a which is you know, I think it was the Bank of America came out came out and said the quiet part out loud, we need to drive unemployment up. We need to get it from about four point eight up to about a steady six point five, and that'll help us. Similar similar things happening right now in the UK, and I don't believe the ECB is any different, except for it's what what uh, Constant Gardener called the creative accounting and how they're trying to keep uh, Italy afloat while doing that as well. Killian, I wonder, should we be looking at those investment funds now and saying, are are there are they going to start to retrench? Because there's definitely a couple of other things that are standing out to everybody large tech firms in dublin stopping their uh, announcing that they're stopping their expansions they're subletting commercial units and we're seeing a, a softening of of the the recruitment of uh, people from overseas as well into dublin there those headwinds are there I just you know we need to be honest about this
2: yeah, like, is, is it kind of, like, will that help? Maybe is that, is that, oh, well, may, is may, may, maybe we'll if, see a soft thinking. Yeah, like that yeah. could be like a lot of what happens. I've actually, actually a good point. I haven't really thought about that. I've, I've noticed the, the, the drop off in, in, in some of the rents among these similar kind of size players like Kenny Wilson in, in, um, in the U.S., not like, sorry, not that Kenny Wilson's rents are dropping in the U.S., but I've noticed similar, those, those ones in, in the U.S. of those that have those sort of portfolios, some, some drop off. Um, and Ireland does track you know, five, six months behind essentially what happens in the US. Um, and if there is, if there is a softening in tech, especially Dublin, if it's overexposed to that. Um, I just, I don't see, it because of our rent legislation, which I don't disagree with the said, is because I think it'd be worse if they weren't there. Um, probably the rents would remain sticky because to be there, as Landlord said, there's no incentive to drop them. With it. So it's kind of like a, got this kind of mini enforced cartel behavior happening where, you know, they all recognise we can't drop our rents. So I'd, I'd say, I'd say, if anything, rents will stick. If any, not necessarily drop in Ireland, it's a scope for rents to or house prices to drop. I mean, there's no scope for rents to drop in Ireland. Too much, too much of it in a specific area of the country is controlled now by institutional funds, and they'll claim we only own X percent. of it. it's, it's just like it's, it's an absolute, it, it nonsense argument that despite house dislikes like controlling a small amount, the whole market takes its lead. From that, from that small small cohort. And we were in Dublin th- for a long time.
0: Going to leave that there now, folks. Uh, as I said, the full version is available now on patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack, along with over a 1,000 uh, podcasts, plea-free and our access to our live Sunday shows. So uh, if you could, if you like what you're hearing, if you enjoy it, Listen, like, subscribe, tell people about it. But please, if you're in the position, go to patreon.com forward slash tortoisecheck and join us. It really helps keep these podcasts going. Thanks for the support and we will talk to you all very, very soon. Take care. Bye-bye.